This program contains techniques and exercises that can cause physical injury. Individuals involved in the production and those demonstrating their skills assume no responsibility for any injury or damage resulting from the execution of techniques and exercises presented herein. Because I'm the best in the world, even though a lot of you don't like to hear it. I just, it's fact, I'm the best, you know what I mean? I sometimes, I don't want to believe in myself, but it's the truth. I'm the best. Enough with the formality. I think we all know what's happening. It's time for the IC Robots show with your host, the champ, IC Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It is me again, Icy Robots, the champ. And still not a hero, but I do sacrifice a bit of, well, almost each and every week, but not quite every week to make your week a bit less weak. And this week, I think it's going to get so much less weak. We got we got a pretty much a great show ahead of us. We got a new jam from Iceberg. We're going we're gonna to talk about this, going to talk about that. We're going to talk about something I call accidental collections. But, uh, Let's start off with this iceberg thing. Hold on, let me find it here on the drive. All right, hold it now. Hit it. Yo, iceberg, it's time. Drop that beat. Hey, Jim, what time is the supply ship doing? My food supply is getting pretty low and it'll be dark soon. There's a message coming in on the radio. Supply ship delayed until tomorrow. Good Lord. Ship has disappeared. Remember the Aurora Borealis last night? Strange how they looked like a like a curtain of light dropping from the clouds to the ocean in just a small area. Wonder if they affect the weather. Talk about the devil, look out there. The lights again. You are listening to the Icy Robot Show. It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. That is for sure true. It is quite a struggle to keep from going under sometimes, but you know you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do to stay afloat. I, I myself have been um, going through a uh, seven days of solitude, which is, which is what I'm calling this period of time in which the wife and kids are off on, off on a vacation, and I, I was tasked with uh, staying home and watching the dogs, but I'm um, down there on the. Uh, on the Earth base, it's a bit weird. It's a bit lonely. I'm all by my lonesome. But uh, the seven days of solitude are about to end on the patron-only show, the POS. It's gonna, it's gonna be coming up in a couple weeks. Episode number ten is titled Seven Days of Solitude, and it's, it's the audio journal I recorded of, um, of my time alone down there. What I was doing every day, what I ate for dinner, some projects that I undertook. I undertook this um massive. Massive compact disc project, wherein which I removed every disc from every hiding hole that has a uh, 
has a disc in it and I took said discs, put them on a on a folding table in the living room and I completely and utterly alphabetized and checked every single one of them for condition. Now I have a perfect CD collection. It's great. I I also decided to divest myself of all copied CDs and go legit. So I've been buying CDs like crazy on eBay. A lot of the ones I want are only like two dollars. I don't even know how that works. I bought a CD the other day that was three dollars shipped. I think that's weird. Because I I ship things from time to time, and I know that uh, shipping costs like a minimum nowadays of three dollars. Unless you like, even at media rate, it's a minimum of two dollars. So they're at best selling um, an apples and stereo CD for a for a dollar. But uh, I don't know, man. Maybe that just goes to show the uh, current value of CDs. But I I still like a CD. I think it's neat to just pop one in and play it. But I don't like them as much as like cassettes. I don't like it as much as I like records, but I I do think they have their advantages. One major advantage of a uh, CD is that you don't have to flip it. You know, you can just like you can leave it there and go about your business, and uh, it'll go through the whole thing. But uh, that's neither here nor there. the The supplies are running low, dude. The supply ship has been delayed, as they say. I hope it has nothing to do with the Aurora Borealis. But um, but uh, down there on the Earth base, I'm starting to. Starting to run low on supplies. I I ate some spagoots. I ate some pizzas. I ate some frozen stuff. But uh, the well's running dry. I might have to venture to the uh, store myself to um to see what I can get into. I wonder if I shall buy myself something pre-made, like maybe like a sushi plate, from Oliver's, or if I should I should buy some ingredients and make some some more spagoots. I I don't have a lot of cooking skills. This has all been gonna be saved. I guess for the uh, for the POS POS number ten, but it's such a such a huge part of my life that uh, it's it's really nice to come up here to the uh, Jupiter Moon base and hang out with Iceberg. I was hanging out with him the other day in the uh, station arcade. We were playing Moon Patrol. That's a that's a personal favorite of ours. I I was kicking it with Engineer Emily over in the uh, in the station cafe. That's what we call the cafeteria. It's not much of a cafeteria. It's basically basically a room with a lot of vending machines you know sandwich vending machines uh they have one that um you cook french fries in there's one there's one that even has like beers in it but uh i don't drink a lot of beers so i haven't i haven't tested it out yet but there's there's all sorts of different things in there to um to munch on so i've been doing a lot of munching at work but even even after you leave work you know you gotta back home you gotta you gotta munch at home so i'm gonna have to venture out to the store why don't you just buy something from the machine like a sammy and take it home to eat later? That way you save a trip to the store. I don't know, Emily. Part of me is like looking forward to going to the store. You know, I, I, I it's just the, it might be nice to see some, some, somebody else, you know? Yeah, I see that. You do need to see some actual people sometime. Not just me and IB13. It's kind of weird and unhealthy. No, I feel you. I feel you. Uh, usually, you know, though, like having the wife and the kid and like her friends are around. It feels like there's always, always, always people around the Earth base. And I, I more than get my, you know, like social fill. But lately it's weird. You know, they're, they're not there. So thus, none of the people around them are there. It's just me me and the dogs and then uh it's like I, I feel like i go the whole day without talking and then i come up here and i'm hanging out with you guys and then you know we eat a eat a sammy in the break room and next thing i know i'm you know back down there and i'm not talking all day and then it's back up here eat a sammy in the break room and back down there you should mix it up or something 
You don't have to do the same things all the time. Variety is the spice of life, as they say. Why didn't you go on the trip with them? I don't know, man. Somebody somebody has to watch the dogs. You know, the, the dogs are sensitive, man. Somebody has to take care of them, you know? You could have boarded the dogs. It's only a week they would be fine. Yeah, you're right. I kind of I kind of think I didn't want to go. Why didn't you want to go? Traveling uh it really stresses me out. It's not like my favorite thing to do. I, I guess I just didn't want to go. You know, and I, I looked for a way out of it. That's cool, but don't complain about being lonely when you get left out of a trip that you really didn't want to go on. That's lame. You're right. You're right. You're almost always right. Honestly, uh, this was just like a situation of, um, I, I guess I just made a mistake and I got to live up to the, the mistake. I thought I didn't want to go. It turns out I probably did want to go or, you know, more likely I, I didn't want to get left behind. You know, it's, it's better to just go, you know, um, man, but it'll be over soon. Everything, everything will end and. It'll all, it'll all be good in the hood. We'll all be having a great time again. We'll all be together in the sun, the sun shining down, warm California sun. Emily, I appreciate the, I don't know, man, you always got, you, yeah, you got so many, uh, so many wise words for you, dude, but, um, I, I probably will follow your advice. I probably will just buy a sandwich and bring it down with me. It's easier than, uh, stopping at the grocery store. You know, what am, what am I going to do? I'm just going to see other people shopping that's never that's never all that fun and Oliver's is uh it's so crowded in the deli area it's like crazy mad crowded it's like it was like being at WonderCon back in the day when they had it at the uh the Moscone Center in San Francisco it's just like jam-packed wall-to-wall you can barely move you can barely get to the uh sushi thing at any rate let's go to uh at the movies Following in the footsteps of Ebert, Siskel, and even that dude named Roper, it's At The Movies with Icy Robots. Organized crime. We're gonna take care of everybody. We're gonna let the guys know what their new reality is. The Kitchen, rated R, August 9th. I went to see The Kitchen on a Monday. I was the only guy in the entire theater for like, I don't know, the first 20 minutes of the movie or so. I. I don't know. This is not, like, bound to be a popular one. I've hardly, hardly, hardly seen any, uh, like, TV commercials or anything like that. But I, I don't know. I wanted to check it out. But I was the only one who did up until, like, 20 minutes in when, uh, uh, another dude came in. And he, he sat directly behind me. I'm not even kidding. Like, in, in the chair right behind me. And I, I'm like, this is so weird. They're just has to be something up with this. This is making me uncomfortable. So I moved all the way across to the other side of the theater. Like, I was on the, the aisle. I like the aisle. And I moved all the way across to the, um, to the other aisle. And, and when I did so, the guy went, geez, what's up with that? And I'm just like, 
I don't know what's up with you sitting behind me. And I, I don't know, maybe I was being too particular, but it, it, it just came across as weird to me. You know, like there's like 85 seats in the theater and you pick the one directly behind me. How do I know you're not going to try to put a screwdriver in the back of my neck? But at, um, at any rate, I went to see it on a Monday and I, I wanted to like this movie really bad. It stars, uh, Elizabeth Moss from Mad Men and, uh, Melissa McCarthy, who's always great and Tiffany Haddish. Who, um, I, I don't love, but I'm starting to like, and I, I don't know, man, I just had high hopes. The movie, the movie takes place in 1970s New York, which is, like, my favorite era of all the eras of things, and I, I just had, like, super high hopes, and I was sadly disappointed. It's not, like, a bad movie by, by any means, but it's not, it's not a great movie. It's, like, barely a good movie, which isn't something I, I really like to say. I like to... I like to, like, be super positive about things, and I don't really like to slag anything, and it's not, it's not that this was, like, an awful movie by any stretch. It was just, uh, it was just very flat. Like, things happen, but nothing, like, really exciting or nothing really awesome happens. It's just kind of, it's just kind of there, and it kind of moves along, and then all of a sudden, it's over. Let's, uh, Let's talk about the story really quick. There are these three ladies who grew up in Hell's Kitchen and they have they have abusive husbands who are also criminals. They're running like the Irish mob in Hell's Kitchen and they um they all get sent up a river during a failed robbery and with with no way to survive, no way to feed their kids, the um the three ladies decide to uh they're going to start up a protection racket in the hood. They're going to like, they're going to go around to all the businesses and go, hey, you've been paying the Irish mob, but now we think you should start paying us. And the people are all like inexplicably like, well, the, uh, the Irish mob doesn't do a good job. So we will, we'll start paying you three middle-aged women to be our protectors. But uh, things start really going great for them business-wise. And before you know it, they're running Hell's Kitchen. They're running into Brooklyn. They're moving uptown. They're just like, they're running everything but of course there has to be conflict and their their husbands get out of jail and blah 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 and eventually there's infighting it's i don't know man i i wanted to like this a lot i like the 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 ladies who are the lead actors i like 1970s new york so i feel like this had everything for me and i do i do like a gangster movie you know and but um it just uh it just was flat it just fell flat overall for me and i i don't like to say that doesn't make me happy i want to I want to like things. I want things to be good. The The one thing that surprised me and what surprised me the most was that I did not know this was that this is based on a Vertigo graphic novel. Vertigo is like this uh, DC imprint where they do they do more like adult oriented kind of things and stuff. And I had never not never heard of this in my life. So I was I was a bit taken back, a bit surprised when all of a sudden like the DC Comics logo went on the screen. I guess that that makes this. A comic book movie. And your boy, your boy likes a comic book movie. I had never heard of it. I might actually look into it because I'm thinking the source material is probably good if they went out of their way to make a movie about it, right? They don't, they don't pick like the bottom of the barrel comics to make movies about, you know, they, they picked a good one and it is Vertigo and Vertigo is known for um putting out good stuff. They, they put out like the Watchmen. Did they put the Watchmen? No, I think the Watchmen wasn't Vertigo, but it was with like a a Vertigo mainstay, Alan Moore, you know, they put out all the uh, Neil Gaiman Sandman stuff and Hellblazer. Over the years, they've put out a million 
great book. So just due to the fact that this got made into a movie, I'm going to think it might be all right. I think I might I might actually look into it. I don't uh, like like they have a ton to say about this. I think that with the, you know, the three awesome gals at the front of this and like the cool New York scene and the Irish mob and all this stuff, this could have been like a really cool movie. Like I think it could have been really really neat, but it just it just falls flat. I don't I don't often give like really negative reviews and I I didn't hate this movie by any means. I watched it. I I stayed through the whole thing and I I did enjoy parts of it. It just it didn't have anything that like really really grabbed me and I can't like I can't like overly recommend it or anything. It was it was okay. There's some neat scenery. There's some neat 70s clothes, neat 70s cars. It's always neat to see 70s New York, which I've said like, which I've said like 800 times. But just like overall, the movie just didn't ever grab me. There was one point when I was sitting there and I, I started to think I might close my eyes. You ever have that feeling like you're watching a movie and you're just like, there's just not a lot going on. I just might, I just might close my eyes, you know? So instead I got up and I went to the restroom and I came back. But then when I, when I came back, I still felt like closing my eyes a little bit. And you're, you're so relaxed. You're sitting in these nice recliner chairs. This was why I don't really like the recliner chairs. They kind of, they kind of get you to want to shut your eyes a bit. But I, I started feeling that urge again, which isn't, which isn't the great thing that you want out of a movie. You know, you don't want to go see a movie and have it, uh, have it make you feel like you want to go to sleep. So. With all that said, on the good old-fashioned Source Magazine mic meter, with one being a dud and five being an all-time classic, I am sadly going to go ahead and give the kitchen a not-so-awesome two mics. Two mics. The Jeffersons, Alice, and Trapper John M.D. will return next Sunday at their regular times on most of these stations. This week I have stories fun to talk about accidental elections. You know, things you call up the park really share how you started. Accidental collections. We all have them. These are the things that somehow you have a bunch of. You would say you even collect, but you don't know how you got started, where they came from, the origin, the interest, any anything like that. Let me let me give you an example. When I was a uh, youngster, this was like way back in the day. I'm thinking I was in like fourth or fifth, maybe like sixth grade. I went to the went to the Santa Rosa Boys and Girls Club after school and one of the things they had there was a fully equipped wood shop with a wood shop coach who would he would run you through how to uh, make different things on the machines and stuff and I I spent time in there making stuff the the one thing that I I distinctly remember making was a cutting board for my mom in the shape of a pig why I picked the shape of a pig was uh, this they they had a couple different patterns. One was a square, one was a rectangle, one was circular, and then there was one that was the shape of the pig. And to me, the pig was the funniest, most fun one, so I, I naturally gravitated toward that. It also had, like, a lot of weird twists and turns that I had to make in the saw, so it turned out to be, to be like, quite a project. But I, I made it, I stained it and all that stuff. I, I put a, you know, like a little uh, piece of twine through the hole of the tail to make it so it could get hung up on the wall. And I, I brought it home and gave it to my mom. And she, you know, being a loving mom, she loved it. She thought it was great. She used it a few times. Then she she put it on the wall so she could save it. She still has it on the wall of her house in Phoenix, Arizona. Even like, 
even like today, I love that thing. I enjoy seeing it every time I go over there. But the the cutting board had this effect of causing other people to think that my mother collected pigs, which which she did not. She didn't really collect anything. She wasn't the isn't still even like the the collector type. She doesn't really like she doesn't have that bug, fortunately. And um, she over the years wound up with like tons of pigs. People started buying her pigs because they saw the pig cutting board and they assumed. She was a pig collector. She had piggy banks. She had stuffed pigs. She had pictures of pigs, little pig statues, figurines, coffee cups with pigs, t-shirts, just any anything you could think of that somebody could stick a pig on, they bought for her and gave to her. Our our house was just um littered with pigs. I I think of that as like the perfect example of an accidental collection. She she had no idea she was into pigs. She's not into pigs. She had no interest in pigs, but she wound up with like the biggest pig collection this side of a uh, this side of the uh, Mississippi. I I myself have a lot of these these accidental collections, but they are things that I got myself into. I didn't I didn't get like hornswoggled by having a a pig cutting board. I I started down this road, but what makes them accidental is like I I, I don't even really know why I went down these roads. Uh, a lot of times I do know why, but the uh, the items are like. Out of my interest range. So it's just, it's just weird that I collect them. Maybe I should call it weird collections. But I, I prefer accidental. I like the idea of like, I don't know how I got into collecting pigs. Next thing you know, you got, you got pigs. I think I'm going to go over five different ones that I have. I, I don't want this to be considered a top five. They're in no order. Nothing like that. But there, there are going to be five. Five is a good, good number. For things like this. It's half of a top ten. It's like a short top ten. But um, we all know I do collect a lot of things. I have a um, collector bug in my heart. And I, I collect comics. I collect action figures. I collect movies in various formats. Be it uh, VHS, DVD, Laserdisc, Blu-ray. I collect that. I collect music in the form of a CD, record, cassette. You name it, MP3s. I collect all kinds of stuff. I collect movie posters. I collect, I don't know, man. I have all kinds of what I would consider to be, like, official collections. Like, they're collections that are, like, prominently on displayed in the uh, office down on the Earth base. And these are the ones, like, I talk about on the show. The, uh, the, uh, accidental ones, though. They're ones that, that like, I do actively participate in, but I... I don't really ever bring up in any way. I don't know why. Maybe I'm embarrassed. I I think this could be a fun topic. I think we all have things like this. Just things um, you wind up with. Like, I... This isn't even one of the top five. I collect Fire King coffee mugs. The, uh, the white milk glass coffee mugs. I have tons of them. I love them. Those and the Anchor Hawkings. I, I just think they're great. My favorite one that I have is a McDonald's one. I, I actually took pictures of it and wrote an article about it for the Retrist. That's how much I... That's how much I enjoy it. I just, I don't know, man. I think they're great. They they make me think about um being in Tennessee at my grandma's hotel because that's the kind of uh, coffee mug she had at the uh, at the place. I just think they're great. And they make them in all kinds of advertising forms. So there's like an endless an endless amount of these that you that you could collect. It's a good road to go down, but a lot of them are, are really expensive. The other day I was just like poking around eBay and I saw a Captain Crunch one that I guess you could get by, uh, you know, mailing in UPCs. From uh from Captain Crunch and I'm just like oh, I want this but it was it was like mad expensive I I don't know let's uh let's get into this though I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do um well I'm gonna try to make this as interesting as possible you'll you'll have a good time man this is gonna be fun the 
the first, I guess that was the first one. You're going to get six. You heard about the uh, coffee mugs. The the first official, unofficial, accidental collection I want to talk about is my interest in Mr. Peanut. Look at Mr. Peanut. What isn't fascinating? I mean, besides being a peanut. He's got spats. He's got a cane. He's got a top hat. He is out to go out. He's the man when it comes to peanuts. I first got into collecting Mr. Peanuts stuff kind of kind of by accident. I was poking around the internet and I I think I was looking for um cereal premiums. I like uh like little Captain Crunches and stuff, but I I was poking around and I I, I found a lot of like random Mr. Peanut items and included amongst them was like this uh this really neat ink pen with um, Mr. Peanut at the top. And I I was able to pick this up. I think I put like an opening bid of like $4.99 and nobody else bid. So I was able to get like all this um, neat Mr. Peanut stuff. I got like all these uh, small plastic Mr. Peanuts and like a couple Mr. Peanut drink mugs and like all these really cool things. And I, I don't know, man. It was like in one fell swoop, I had an instant Mr. Uh, peanut collection. And then... Then as I kind of became aware of, like, the existence of this kind of stuff, I started, like, bumping into it all the time at the, uh, at the flea market. Like, um, keychains, just, you know, whatever. Like, pencil erasers, pencil toppers, just anything you can imagine over the years has had Mr. Peanut on it. I mean, homie's been around since, like, the 1920s. You know, dude's been around since, like, like, forever. He, he is a classic advertising icon, and... As such, has just, like, a limitless amount of collectibles. I I don't have, like, the biggest Mr. Peanut collection out there. But I, I do have, like, one quarter of a shelf in the living room dedicated to my, uh, to my Mr. Peanut stuffs. I, I think that it's neat. I don't know. I, I don't, like, actively do, like, eBay searches for Mr. Peanut stuffs to, to this day. But I... I do, on average, come home with, like, something Mr. Peanut-related from the flea market every, maybe, like, every month or every other month. So, the collection does grow and grow and grow, but it's not, like, it's not something that I would say I was overly interested in, you know? I'm not like, oh, man, I'm going to the, uh, the Mr. Peanut Collector Show. Every year there is, like, a Mr. Peanut show, and I... If it was, you know, down there on Earth in Santa Rosa, I, w- I would definitely consider going. But I, 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 um, I'm not gonna like travel for any distance. But I like Mr. Peanut. Mr. Peanut's cool. I bet that uh, you probably have fond feelings of him too. Who doesn't like a peanut in a top hat? He's he's great. He's dope. Go on eBay right now. Look up Mr. Peanut collectibles. There are there are all kinds of fun things. And while while there are like a lot of expensive Mr. Peanut items, there are also like a lot of cool things you can get for like a dollar, like two dollars. I was um, looking at some Mr. Peanut Swizzle Sticks before I did this. I, I'm thinking about getting them. You can get a, like um, like six of them for, I think, two dollars. Two dollars plus shipping. I, I might do it. I do have like, um, like a Mr. Peanut. Uh, it's like a cup where I put all of like my various like Mr. Peanut items that, uh, you know, don't stand on their own. Like I have a pen. I have th- just things like that. You can imagine. You don't need me to... Uh, you don't need me to explain any further. Let's uh, let's go on to the uh, next one on my list of things that I kind of sort of like accidentally collect. So these are my bottles. Um, 
these are my, um, and they are, these are the real ones, 1936, the 7-Up is from, uh, sorry, uh, 1952, this Pepsi, right there, the tall one is from 1958, er, I think, right? So people said that I have a lot of bottles and I should make a YouTube video, and I said, preposterous! <laughs> The, uh, the next thing that I kinda, sorta, kinda do, kinda don't collect is glass soda bottles. I, I am not by any means one of the bottle brothers, like those two guys down at the dig, aka the cannibals, but I will buy a cool soda bottle when I see one at the flea market. I myself, I like green ones. I like 7-Up ones, I like Sprite ones, I like any one that is like old and green. I have an area on my fence, the uh, back fence down there on the earth base. And it um, it is like stretched from one side to the other with glass soda bottles. I don't know. I like the way they look. I like the way they reflect in the sun. Also, at one time in the past, Santa Rosa, the, the town that I live in, had a industry, a soda bottle industry. There are, there were like a few different um, bottling plants. I think Nehigh... RC Cola, a couple others, they they uh, did work here. So every once and again, when you're like at the dig or you're at the flea market or your yard sale, you'll come across a like a knee-high bottle or an RC bottle that actually um, says bottled in Santa Rosa on it. And I, I myself, I think that is super neat. Now, I'm not I'm not obsessed by any means. I would never pay anything more than like a dollar, maybe two dollars, for a soda bottle. But I do. I do enjoy finding a nice one at the flea market. I think that when the when the sun hits the green light like just the right way, it looks it looks pretty cool. I don't know. Also, if you recall from the episode about uh, colors, the top five colors of all the times in space, green is the greatest color that there is, man. Green's the best. Green's the color of Earth. Green's the color of money. Green's the color of a Seven Up bottle, dude. It's all it's all good. I don't have like a lot. To say about soda bottles. I'm not like, I'm not the giantest soda bottle aficionado, but I, I do think they're cool. I hear about other places, and there doesn't seem to be one anywhere around here that I know of, but um, I hear of people finding like bottle dumps where I guess at one time like bottles get buried. I don't, I don't know what that gimmick is about burying the bottles. I don't know what a bottle dump is about, but they they definitely seem cool, like, you go there, and you can, like, dig around and find, like, different antique bottles. I don't know. That sounds not necessarily, like, something I would want to do as a pastime. But, um, if I, if I happen to stumble upon a bottle dump, I would definitely, like, give it a look and see if I could find any neat ones. One of, one of my favorite bottles that I have isn't even a soda bottle. It is a, uh, it's a brown Clorox bleach bottle with a small little rubber stopper that says Clorox on it. I don't know. I think this one is, like, particularly neat. I think that the the stopper is what makes it fun because it's, it's really, really, really small. The opening for the Clorox bottle is really small, and the stopper it has, like, the smallest, neatest detail, the way that it just says, you know, Clorox around it. I don't... I don't know. Not a big deal. I collect bottles. What can I... What can I say? Let's see what's next. <laughs> Now you can build your own King Kong with these challenging King Kong model kits. You need no glue, no special tools. Just snap together and paint it, and you have a realistic model of Kong fighting the giant snake. Or for a real challenge, build King Kong on top of the Twin Towers. 
When you're finished, they make a great addition to any kid's room. King Kong model kits come complete with easy-to-follow picture instructions by Miko. The uh, next one on the list is not necessarily King Kong per se as much as it is plastic gorillas. I have like, I have loads and loads and loads of plastic gorillas. This one, I actually know how it started. One day I was at this, uh, I was at this store called Sundayside Cottage, which is down the street from the Earth Base. They sell like kitschy things, like faux retro stuff, like old timey candy. It's like a cute store. It's a nice place. Nice place to get gifts and stuff, you know, and I, I was over there and I I saw a plastic King Kong bank and I'm like, this thing is awesome. And then when I flipped it over, it was only like $4.99. It was like 12 inches tall, really, really neat, vintage kind of retro style detail. So I, I brought it home and I started uh, putting coins in it, you know, and eventually I filled it to the top and then I bought another one. And I, I, you know, filled it to the top with coins, and I got another one, and I filled it to the top with coins. And then, like, in between doing that, I started buying, like, other gorillas so that I could sit them around the King Kong banks. Just, like, any any small plastic gorillas that I could see, I would buy. Over, over the years, I must have, like, a hundred of these things, and I, I never, not never set out with the idea they're like you know i'm going to create a uh, shelter for plastic gorillas in the house but it uh it happened it's happening it still happens it's going it's going on right now if i saw a gorilla tomorrow i would buy it now i'm only talking about like flea markets or the dig or things like that i don't like i don't like go to the store in search of plastic gorillas but when i'm when i'm digging around at the bin of toys or at the bottom of the the bins at the dig. If I see a plastic gorilla, it's going in my bag. It's coming home with me. I have some like really small ones. I have some really big ones. I have all kinds. I don't know. I don't even like, especially like gorillas. I don't, I'm not like Mr. Gorilla Lover or anything, but uh, you know, I don't, I don't dislike them or anything. I, I think a lot of these are King Kongs as well. I, I do like King Kong. I like King Kong more than Godzilla. I think if they ever were to fight, I'm sure that Godzilla would win. Godzilla has laser breath, dude. Godzilla's enormous. King Kong is but a but a giant beast. But I would like to see I would like to see King Kong win. I don't know. If if somehow he could like latch a hold of Godzilla and choke him out or beat him up, that would be that would be fun. But going into the fight, King Kong is definitely, definitely, definitely the underdog. He's he's more of now this is gonna not make any sense, but he's more of like a normal beast. You know, he's like an animal, but like really, really, really big. And King, and Godzilla, rather, is like a monster out of myth. You know, he is like the kraken from the sea with laser breath and all these, all these powers, invincible scales and stuff. I, I just don't see how King Kong could win. But I would, I would like it if it happened. Let's see what is next on the list of these uh, collectible things. Deformed Plastic toy. This is, uh, this is a weird one, I will admit, but I, I I collect, uh, deformed, malformed plastic toy animals. You know, like, you go to the Dollar Tree and you can get, like, a bag of, like, zoo animals or, like, jungle animals, like lions, 
and tigers or whatever. I like to find the really like malformed ones, the ones with like three legs or both eyes painted on one side, just like really, really, really defective looking ones. Over the years, I have collected like dozens and dozens and dozens of these. Again, much like plastic gorillas. This kind of goes hand in hand because I do have some malformed plastic gorillas. This is a uh, this is not something I necessarily go in search of. But when you're when you're at the dig, you know, sometimes you dig all the way down to the bottom of the bin to see what's down there. And there are always like just like little plastic animals, little plastic soldiers, things like that. And you'll you'll pull them out and when looking at them, one look at your eye for just being like so completely defective, you know, like tigers with the stripes sideways or the the one I see the most is like the animals with like the eyes just painted completely out of place. Like on but one has like both of them on one side of the face or just like where they're like practically together. You you get the idea. I find a lot of zebras with stri- with uh, sideways stripes as well. I I don't know. This is another thing. I'm not going out and looking for these, but I find them and I'm just like, oh, you poor little creature. I feel so bad for you. I'm going to, I'm going to bring you home. You can stay with me. It's going to be great. Don't worry. I'll give you, I'll give you a home. Yeah, I do from time to time talk to my, to my toys. I, I don't got a lot to say about this one either. It's just like a weird habit of mine. I see these things and they're, they're so hideous that I, that I cannot but fall in love with them. I'm sure. I'm sure you all have like a little little weak place in your heart for things like that as well. Let's uh, move into. This is going to be the last one as well. You know, the final, the end, the number five. There is no numerical number given for this. There's a living room that has a toy stereo with tiny make-believe headphones and records, and a cozy bedroom with a roll-top desk that rolls. There's also a gourmet kitchen. It's for little decorators with big ideas. Smaller Home and Garden Deluxe Set. All this plus 69 other pieces. You have to put it together by Tomy. I do not collect dollhouses. But what I do collect is dollhouse televisions. I have close to a dozen of these. And I am... I am obsessed. I... I only like, like, retro ones. Like, ones that came with, like, Barbie sets. Or... I'm looking for the one... From this uh, smaller homes and garden set. It goes online for like 50, 60 bucks. But I I want it. I love a little miniature TV. I don't know why. I have the uh, Sesame Street Little People one with Grover on it. I have one from a, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle set with a with a, a lenticular uh, turtle on it. I, I just think they're great. And I don't really know why. I also collect uh, miniature VCRs. I have two or three different little miniature VCRs and also, also radios. These are another thing, which if I can avoid it, and as so far I have, I will not, I will not pay like a retail premium for these, but I do, I do think they're neat and I would, if I had to pay for one, I, I don't know what it is about it, man. I got one somewhere. I think the first one I got was the Grover and I put it on a shelf and I, I thought it was great. When I say the Grover, what I mean is like it's the small plastic yellow Fisher Price little people TV and um you can see you can see uh Grover on it, the uh the Muppet character and I I just think it is an awesome little thing. And then over the years I got more and more of them. And then the wife got into it too. She every once in a while she'll be like, "Look, 
I found you a TV. And we have a, we have like a little shadow box in the living room full of all the dollhouse TVs. I, I don't know. It's like a weird little obsession of mine. But they're also, they're so cute. And they're so cool. I, I have nothing against dollhouse furniture. I think dollhouse furniture is great. Back in the day when I, when I actually like played with my toys, I would have loved to have had the dollhouse that my G.I. Joes could live in with, like, little beds, little chairs, little cooking utensils and stuff. Like, like a TV they could watch. I would have so much fun having Duke and Scarlet and Gung-Ho all sitting around watching TV. That would be, that would be super fun. I was always interested in, like, what the, uh, what the day-to-day was like. You know, I like day-to-day, like, mundane toys. That's one of the reasons I'm into, like, um, adventure people. Fisher Price Adventure People, because a lot of the sets are just, you know, dudes riding a motorcycle, dude driving a car. Not everything has to be like the biggest adventure of all time, you know. A lot of things are just, uh, just small time, day to day fun things. And to me, a TV kind of like just, it exemplifies that day to day mundaneness of just, you know, of just life. I think it's neat. I have a couple that are made of wood that I think are really neat. They're wood with stickers on them. I don't know, man. It's just, it's just fun. I like the radios too. I kind of, I kind of like the idea of having like shipwreck or one of these guys just you know walking around with a boombox on his shoulder, Action Jackson, with his boombox doing some breakdancing moves. I don't know, man. It's just, it's just a small little obsession of mine. Dollhouse televisions and radios. I also have a a video camera, like um like an over the shoulder Barbie VCR type video camera that I think is really neat. You can wind it up. It has a little winder, and then when you let it go, the uh, the reels move on the inside. You can see them turn. It's great. I also have a couple record players that I think are, are really neat. One of them is a Barbie record player, and you wind it up, and the record spins. Barbie has the best accessories of all the figures. You might argue that G.I. Joe does, but G.I. Joe just mostly has, like, guns and things like that. And, you know, your action figures need guns. But, uh... There's something cool about just having a record player, man. You could have, like, you could have uh, Footloose and Dusty kick it with, like, He-Man and Merman and play some records. That would be a great time. It would be super fun. So, there you have it, dude. Hit me up on the tweets and let me know what are some things that you collect that you don't really know how you got into. They're just kind of like a side collection. Not really, not really something that you would, like, proudly proclaim that you're into, like, a green soda bottles or a dollhouse TVs or plastic gorillas or malformed uh, plastic animals. Just, you know, there are things you get into you don't know why. We all got the collector bug. And it's almost like the more things you collect, the more fun you have. Because it's fun when you go out, you hit the flea, you hit the thrift, you hit wherever, and you find something that goes to one of your collections. So it's like the more collections you have, the more chances you are to strike. You know, it's increases your odds. So hit me up on the tweets at Icy Robots, I-S-E-E Robots. Let me know, man. Is there something you collect that uh, you'd like to talk about? I'm happy to talk about it with you. Let's move into the final segment of the show. I hope you thought this was fun. You've done the impossible and made it to the final segment of the show. This is the part where Icy Robots talks about stuff you bought, saw, or was thinking about. It's pretty random. All right, it is me, and this is it. We've made it to the end. Another another successful journey. Well, we're not there all the way yet. Let's let's not call it before it's over. That would be that would be a little short-sighted, you know, you never know. 
a meteor could hit the, uh, the moon base. We could get invaded by, um, the Corinthian army. We haven't heard from those guys in a long time, which is, which is fortunate. And I hope that, um, I'm not, you know, jinxing us by saying anything. There could, there could be space pirates, space fleas. You never know, dude. Any, anything could happen. So it's best to, uh, best not to, uh, count the future as having happened before, um, before we get there. Let's, uh, see what's, uh, what's going on. Not a whole lot, honestly, because as we, uh, talked about in the first segment, I've been, I've been trapped in the, um, seven days of solitude, so I haven't been, like, having as much fun, haven't been doing as much fun stuff as I normally do, so I, I don't know. It's, uh, it's a quiet period. I picked up a record. I got me a new vinyl, which I, uh, have been doing a lot of lately, honestly. I, I don't know. I got this one on eBay. It is a uh, Tim Heidecker. I got another Tim Heidecker record. We all know Tim Heidecker from a uh, Tim and Eric from um on the movies at the movies or is it at the movies on the movies? I I don't know. You know Tim. He um he does all kinds of stuff and he also he also has kind of a musical career. This is his first record. It's called um In Glendale and I I like it a lot. I would categorize it as kind of like a yacht rock. It's sort of Sort of easy listening, but the uh, the lyrics have a lot of a lot of weight. There's a song about living in Glendale, which is um north of Hollywood. That's great. There is a song about um how he how he saw Nicolas Cage one day, which is kind of cool. You know, we all um have these like these run-ins with celebs every every once in a while, and it's kind of kind of neat to um catalog those. I like this record a lot. If you have any kind of interest in like Tim and Eric or you like kind of like easy listening music or you like things that um kind of have a sort of like a sort of like a comical bent this um this could definitely be for you it, it's not it's not a comedy record by any means it's not like Weird Al or anything not that there's anything wrong with Weird Al I like Weird Al this is this is a serious record but does have some kind of like tongue-in-cheek kind of humor to it I enjoy it a lot I've already played it like three or four times I I actually ordered it twice, which is, which is weird. I have no idea how I did this. I bought it and I paid for it with PayPal. And then later that afternoon, I bought it again, but this time I paid with my, with my debit card. I, I have no idea. I honestly only have recollections of, um, buying it that one time. It may be that the, uh, Seven Days of Solitude are driving me to insanity and that I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. I... I honestly have no answer for this one, but when one came, I returned it quickly, and I already got a refund for it. But it was, it was weird. I, I, I saw it, like, had shipped twice, and I just, I, I had no idea. Has it ever happened to you where, like, you do something, you just have absolutely zero recollection of it, no matter, no matter how deep you dig, no matter how hard you look back, you just can't, um, you just can't put your finger on it. It was very weird. I honestly was tripped out a bit by it. I don't, I don't know if I've gotten anything else interesting aside from that recently. Like I said, seven days of solitude, been stuck by myself, just loafing around like a bum, being a loser, being a complete jabroni. We all have these periods of jabroniness. You gotta, you gotta do your best to stay productive and not be like a complete and total jobber, but you gotta, you gotta take it for what it is, you know, and kind of, kind of try to enjoy the solitude, enjoy the quiet, enjoy the peace. You don't, you don't get as many opportunities for peace as you would like in the world. So when you get them, you do kind of got to grab a hold of them and uh, enjoy it to the uh, best of your ability. Oh, this is uh, this is something. Down there on the Earth base, we have DirecTV. We've had DirecTV for, I'm not even kidding, like 20 years. We just got it and we never we never canceled it. We've stuck with it. We've thought about it a, a few times over the years, but we, 
we've stuck with it. I like the convenience of having satellite. I like having a DVR. I like having all my shows recorded. I I think it's worth it. I know a lot of you guys are cord cutters and stuff, but I I can't deal with the uncertainty of being a cord cutter. I like to know that my shows are there. But recently, I have been dealing with um, a bit of uncertainty, which has been really, like, weighing on me emotionally. Things like this really bother me. DirecTV and CBS, which is the parent company of the CW, have had conflict. And we didn't have the, uh, the CW network for, like, a month. And you all know I watch a lot of CW. I watch Riverdale. I watch The Flash. I watch Supergirl sometimes. Black Lightning. I gave up on Arrow, but I watch Legends. I watch this, um, this new show called, what is it, Into the Dark? It's about a, a blind girl who uh, hears a murder. I... I like it. The wife watches Jane the Virgin. We just, I don't know, man. We're, um, we're a CW house. And it was really weird. One day I went to, um, turn it on and it was like completely gone. And not only is it, um, like a CW affiliate, it's also, um, TV 44, which is like a San Francisco channel that plays like a lot of, a lot of other shows that I watch. They play like reruns of, I, I don't know. They used to, they used to play the A's, the athletics were on CW or channel 44 way back in the day, no longer. Of course, but um, I, I've had TV 44 in my life for like a million billion years. So when it wasn't there, it was really weird. And we called, you know, we called DirecTV to voice our complaints. And they were like, oh, you know, a lot of people are complaining, blah, blah, blah. What we're going to do is we're going to send you an antenna set, a uh, inside the house antenna gimmick. And it'll, it'll be able to pick up that channel with um, no problem. But the Earth base is in a valley. We are surrounded on all sides by hills. We barely get any radio. Like, barely. You've heard me complain about this before. There's, like, zero chance we would be able to pick anything up with this, like, antenna that um, gets plugged up against the window. But, uh, I decided to give it a shot. I don't want to naysay something without giving it a shot. So I got it, I tried it, and we did not get a darn thing. Not a darn tootin' thing. And I... I was a bit frustrated for having to go through the effort of, like, plugging it in. It took, like, it took, like, 20 minutes to plug in, you know? Um, the, the setup behind the TV is, like, really maxed out on plugs. So I had to, like, run an extension cord. It was, it was a pain, all for naught. But you gotta, you gotta give it a shot before you discover if it's all for naught. You know, you can't just go, dude, it's not gonna work, it won't work. You gotta, you gotta give it a try. And that didn't work. And I was, I was getting to the point where I'm like, you know, maybe we should just finally cancel the uh, direct TV and we could just watch the um, the CW on the uh, CW app. We have a Roku, which I really like, and we we could very well watch it there. But I, I like to have it recorded so I can go through the commercials. But it was it was an option, and we were like seriously considering it when um, all of a sudden it came back. I guess I guess that story wasn't all that awesome. But um, I was kind of. I was kind of stressing out a bit because they are doing a lot of talking about the uh, the Berlanti CW uh, DC Universe's big event for next year, which is going to be the Crisis on Infinite Earth, which is um, a a major milestone in uh, comic books. It was um, when DC decided to uh, crush their multiverse down into one singular universe. It was gigantic. It was like the biggest thing ever. When it came out. And they're going to do it on the CW. And they have um, talked about a lot of the uh, neat things you're going to see in the various multiverses. They're going to bring uh, they're gonna bring Linda Carter back as Wonder Woman. They're going to show that universe. They're going to show Burt Ward as Robin. I can't even imagine what that's going to be like. I cannot imagine. And then, like, they're going to have um, Brandon Routh as Superman. I think he's going to be the Kingdom Come Superman is what I heard. And then, in The Thing, 
to top all things. They're going to have the greatest Batman actor of all times. Kevin Conroy from Animated Batman is going to, for the first time ever in history, he's going to play a live-action Batman. It's going to be, it's going to be amazing. I think, I think from what I hear, it might be Batman Beyond, which is um, a tale like set far in the future where Bruce Wayne is old and there's like a, a youngster takes up the mantle of Batman in like a high-tech suit. And, uh, it's going to be amazing. It is going to be amazing. Kevin Conroy is finally going to get to play Batman on the screen. He's going to he's gonna blow Michael Keaton away, engineer nerd, just so you know. This is going to be amazing. It's going to be the greatest thing ever. And I was thinking, like, I might not get to hear this. I might not get to see this, rather. And I was, I was stressing out a bit. I did kind of figure once, like, football season started that they would work it out because CBS plays football, I guess. I'm like, there's no way. People are going without football. Once football season starts, they'll work it out. But you never know. You never know. Like I said, you never know until it happens. But they did work it out. I'm happy I got it back. I I was a little bummed out. The wife had to uh, miss the uh, Jane the Virgin series finale. Like, there was like two episodes left when CW went away. So she had to go watch it on the app, which is fine. She got to see it. But uh, she had them all recorded on the DVR. You know, she liked to watch them again and again and again. And she had to miss the uh, the final two. So that's... That's a bummer, you know, not the biggest bummer in the world, but a bummer nonetheless. Hey, did uh, any of you guys see that uh, Beverly Hills 90210 relaunch? It was, it was super weird. I, I don't know. It was on Fox, of course. The, the idea was that the dudes meet up the cast of the show. They're playing themselves and they meet up at a convention, a 90210 convention, and they they decide to try to relaunch the show. But what is what's weird about it is they're not really like playing they're playing themselves, but they're playing like fictionalized versions of themselves. Like like Steve is a fitness guru and Brandon is a hot headed director who's in trouble for punching out his uh his leading man and Tori Spelling had a reality show and Jenny Garth is a kind of a flues who drinks a lot. It's it's really weird, especially like in a world where um, Cobra Kai did so well by just, you know, continuing on the adventures of uh, Johnny and Danielson while adding on some new some new jacks. I would I would have thought that 90210 would have done the exact same thing. When I heard there was going to be a relaunch, I'm like, oh, it'll be like Cobra Kai. So I, I DVR'd it. And then when I watched it with the wife, I was like, this is really weird and kind of uh, really bad. As I as I speak, the second episode is out. And I I don't know. I can't recommend that you guys check it out. It's it's really weird. I don't know why they would have um, would have gone in this direction. And without, without Luke Perry, it's a... Uh, it doesn't have the weight that it would have. I I don't know. Um we are ending summer. Summer is nearing a close, which is which is always sad. It's still um it's still super hot. It's hot as a mug down there on the earth base right now. It is hot, but still the uh the schools are back in, everything is in effect like that, and we're we're nearing the end of summer officially, and as such, we are, we're going to be ending the summer of fitness. So this is, this is your guys' chance to get your last summer of fitness in. Next week, we're going to do the final summer of fitness. So if you've been doing any workouts, 
You've been taking any long walks, you've been doing any bike rides, you've been lifting some weights, you've been doing whatever. Reach out to me any way that you want to. Hit me up on Twitter, hashtag Summer of Fitness. Hit me up on Facebook if you want. Hit me up in an email. Anything, anything you want. I want to get a bunch of cool shout outs at the end. I want to I want to congratulate you guys for making Summer Fitness such a big success. I think it's I think it's been a hoot, dude. I've uh, appreciated hearing from you dudes and how well you're doing with your exercises and stuff. I I like it. I think it's important to um try to put positivity out there in the world. Speaking of which, I've been having some trouble over on the uh, Facebook group. That's facebook.com backslash Icy Robots. It turns out that somebody um out there... They reported icyrobots.com for having some kind of some kind of unsavory illicit content and the page has been banned from Facebook. Like I can't post any links. I can't post a link to the new episodes. I can't post links to articles I posted. I I found a few workarounds, you know, like I'll post them on Instagram and that still like goes over. I don't know how it works, but if I try to if I try to directly post it just doesn't doesn't work. I I don't know who did this, and I don't know why you would do this. I do my best to be like a positive force in the world. The world is a lot of times really whack, and there's a lot of really whack things going on, and I'm just like, I'm not going to go out there and add to the whackness. I'm going to do what I can to try to try to stay positive, help people be positive, try to help things like go forward as much as I as much as I can. And the idea that somebody would like go and get at your boy. They would strike out at your boy. They'd lash out at me and uh, report me for something unsavory. I I don't know. Not cool. Not nice. If it was you, I hope you feel good about yourself. I hope you I hope you're happy that you took something that brings people joy and made it more difficult for me to uh, to do. I don't know if the, the links bring people joy. I think that they do. I think you like to uh, see the stickers that I post and things like that. All the, um, all the silly stuff. I imagine it brings you, like, some degree of happiness. And to think that you want to, like, step in front of that just for whatever reason. I don't know. Not cool, man. I hope you feel happy with yourself. I, I don't know what we're going to be doing next week on the show. It'll be something fun. I, I don't have any, like, really hot ideas right now, but I'll, I'll figure something out. I got a notebook with ideas in it, and we'll, um, we'll do one of those. Maybe, nah, I don't want to throw anything out there, because if I throw something out there, and then we end up doing something different, someone will, uh, be disappointed. I, I just posted a, uh, This Boring Life on Patreon. You can find that at supportthereport.com. It's about audio cassettes. It's getting really good reviews. People have reached out to me and told me how much they've enjoyed it, which is... Which is nice. I like to hear that. I like to hear that uh, people like the patron stuff. I hope that um, you guys consider that uh, you're getting enough for your money. You can get down with that. It's as little as a dollar a month. A dollar a month gets you full access to the Patreon archives. And there are a bunch of them. Audio Handbook of the Marvel Universe. There's a bunch of them. This Boring Life. Well, there's one. There's one This Boring Life. And I got another one that I'm working on right now. There is a bunch of uh, the patron-only show. I just finished another patron-only show. That's going to go up in a few weeks. It's a lot of fun. It's a a day-by-day audio journal of the seven days of solitude and what I did during that time. It's a lot of fun. I think it's a lot of fun. I hope that you do too, but I can't I can't determine that until it's been out. And I I would appreciate it from the bottom of my heart if you guys consider becoming show patrons. If you like what we do, and I hope that you do, consider tossing in a buck a month at least. Maybe a little bit more. Whatever... 
whatever you feel you could uh, stand to lose. You know, check it in. You'll get you'll get more than your money's worth, man. You get extra shows. You know, we only do three shows a month now. That other week, you get a special show. You get that boring, this boring life. You'll get a patron-only show. You'll get um, an audio handbook of the Marvel Universe by Dazzler that I worked on. That was a lot of fun. It is, it's definitely worth the money. You want to get down with that. So, until next week, guys, this is me signing off for uh, Engineer Emily, for Iceberg, for everybody else. So, until next time, until we meet again, if you don't know, now you know. one rule on this team. What is that rule, Twiggy? E-L-E. That's right, E-L-E. What does E-L-E stand for? Everybody love everybody. Everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall. Hi. If you've got a second, please drop by supportthereport.com and peruse all of the patron-exclusive content available to those who have the kindness, nay, the courage, to toss in a couple of bucks in support of the greatest podcast in the world, The IC Robot Show. It's well worth the time, and on an ethical tip, it's what Captain America would do. Supportthereport.com Preposterous!